0: This is Dr. Rorick from Dallas, Texas. Welcome back to Rorick Knows Podcast. This is going to be the beginning of a new series called Ask Dr. Rorick. I get so many questions on YouTube and every week through my office, and I've accumulated some of these questions, and I'm going to start a series of Ask Dr. Rorick questions that I get very commonly, uh, not only from YouTube, but all my social media, and I'm going to answer these set of questions, usually 8 to 10, and uh, just get your comments. And please give me your comments and other questions you have, and I'll bring them back and do a formal podcast on my YouTube channel. So let's start. So what is another, what is the recovery time on a facelift? And I do facelifts quite often. And in general, it's about 10 to 14 days, two weeks, and at least most of my patients stay uh, in our facility for two nights after their surgery and the surgery itself takes four to five hours depending on what we do because it's not just usually a facelift it's doing their eyes as well and then at day two they actually get their dressing changed my nurses wash their hair get them ready and go to the hotel and, and the great thing is we have an in-house hotel 24-hour facility that actually we take care of them. we see them two three times a day we nurture them and have their spouse or significant others stay with them so that's great and and the other good thing about it is there's minimal pain really with uh, a facelift people always say is that really true now unless you're having a laser or something else or a rhinoplasty there's really almost minimal discomfort because Really, when you're doing a facelift, there's really minimal manipulation uh, uh, around a lot of the sensory structures, because even if you're doing a deeper layer of facelift, so the key is you want to make sure that you're in a facility and, and you're being taken care of so that things go well. And that's why I like to keep all my patients close. And, of course, healing is dependent on, upon the patient. There's bruising and swelling because most of the time, you, you know, I'll do uh, their blepharoplasty and or a laser abrasion or a lip lift. So there's other ancillary procedures. And at four weeks, you can go back doing everything you want. So that's kind of the overall overview of a facelift. And I tell patients if they're going to be back, you know, exercising at four weeks, but if they're going to be doing speaking or anything, it's usually six weeks. Makeup is usually two weeks. So that gives you a, uh, a, an overview of the typical facelift. And I keep my facelifts in Dallas uh, for about 12 to 14 days before I let them fly home or fly uh, back uh, to their country. Or wherever wherever they came, and then of course I do a follow up with, with a FaceTime uh, and see them back in uh, in four to six weeks, and then of course in person in, in a couple of three months. The other thing that I always ask is how long will my facelift last? And again, that's a it's a very broad question. It depends on the type of facelift, and also, by the way, I vary the type of facelift on every patient. Whether it's a deep plane uh, central facial fat augmentation, which I almost always do, it usually lasts about 10 years, give or take two on each side. And many patients in my practice, I usually operate, and when I see them back at 10 to 15 years, that's when they need, an, that's when they would benefit from another facelift. They don't need anything, but it, you know, it's like. It's like when you buy a new car you restore it you know there's always some maintenance so it's not like you have to stop doing botox or skin care in fact all of my patients stay under the covenant of my practice they get maintenance therapy they get skin care we give them the right sunscreens we do injectables as needed because we want them to look as good as they feel for a long long time and that's what prolongs your results you can't go out and get in the sun and start smoking, you know, then your facelift will last, you know, a few years. So you've got to maintain just like a new car. You got it? You know, you got to shine it, you got to change the oil, and we're doing that for you. We will keep you looking as great as you feel for a long, long time. And that's why you you stay under my covenant with my staff and all of my skincare folks and that's what makes you look great and stay looking great for a long time. That's the differentiator, I think, in facial rejuvenation surgery. It's not a one-shot deal. Plastic surgery is not a one-shot deal, OK? And then the other questions that I hear about facial, will they be visible? Can I see them? And you know, will I be able to wear my uh, hair up? And of course, the answer to that is of course you can wear your hair up. In a few weeks, you know, as a plastic surgeon, I try—I really try and hide your scars in curvilinear fashion around the ear and into the hairline so that you can barely see it. It's almost imperceptible after four to six weeks. Now, again, people vary, but most of the time that's the situation. And we nurture that wound, we, we do incision, wound healing care um, by, by science-based skin care so that your incisions will gradually blend into the rest of the features but you'll always have a scar you know remember i'm not god but you will blend i just saw a patient of mine that was like a year and a half out and it was amazing that i could barely see her scar and and a tribute to that is my patients you know they take good care of themselves as well and and also i get a lot of patients from hair salons and hair and hairdressers because they say listen i don't even see your scar so that's really a, an important thing you do want you want to use your talent as a plastic surgeon to hide that scar in and around the ear and the hairline so i think that's important to do and and again it varies a lot stay out of the sun you should always stay out of the sun you want the best anti-aging stay out of the sun, use sunscreen, and use a retinol. And every one of my patients is on skincare regimen for life. So it's not a one-shot deal, You're you're on a retinol, you're on a sunscreen, we give you all those recommendations, it comes in your care package, and I think that's very important. So here's another question. I'm only 45, am I ready for a facelift? Okay. Or, the other question is, I'm 75, is it too late? So let's go with the 45. You know, I think the timing of your face is dependent upon your genes and your genetics. And everybody looks different. I see 40-year-olds that look like they're 65 or 70, and I see 70-year-olds that look like they're 50. So the most important thing is how healthy are you? and are you ready for a facelift? If you want to look as good as you feel and you're coming in to see me, you're probably ready for a facelift when you're 45 or even 40 because you're looking tired. And the most common thing I see is people say, you know, I just look tired. And the most important thing I look at is I look at them and say, what, why do you look tired? I said, because people tell me I look tired. Most of the time it's their eyes. When they're 35 to 40, it's their eyes. So You can fix their eyes. You can do a blepharoplasty and central facial fat augmentation. Not everybody needs a facelift. But once you start getting jowls, it's time probably to consider a facelift. And it's individualized facelift. Now, let's go a little fast forward. I'm 75, and I just saw a lady today that was, she was 71, but she looks amazing. She had her last facelift 15 years ago, and she's healthy, non-smoker, travels all around the world. And, of course, I'm going to do her facelift because she now wants to look as good as she feels. And she's healthy, non-smoker, enjoying life, and she wants to look better. It's fine. It's not the age. It's your health and it's your mindset. So the age is not the major determinant. It's It's your health status and your genetics. So and then time for recovery I mean you do need you do need a helper to help you in the recovery process and I think that's another thing to consider is you can't do this alone you know do you need somebody absolutely you need somebody whether it's a spouse or a support person that will help you and of course if you're flying in from around the country or another part of or another part of the world we'll provide those for you that's what we do we'll also provide you a facility that you can stay at not only a hotel or or selected hotels so so we're ready to help you to look and feel your best always and then The other things are ancillary procedures. What else can I do? So when I look at somebody's face, I always look at their central part of their face. It's not just their jowls, it's their eyes, it's their perioral area, it's their droopy nose, and I think that's what's important. So how long you recover, it depends on the ancillary procedures. A standard usual facelift is about 12 to 14 days, but if you add an erbium, you add another week. What is an erbium laser? That's if you have deep wrinkles around your eyes. Uh, I mean, not only around your eyes, but around your lips. Then you may need a laser resurfacing to resurface these areas that were damaged by sun. They'll help improve these deep lines. And if they're not so deep, you can have a chemical peel, which the recovery is a little bit less. But usually an erbium adds about another week. So you just have to know that if, if a facelift's a two-week, if an erbium is, a, it will add another week because that recovery is about a week longer to reju- rejuvenate that part of the skin because you're really removing with a laser that part uh, of the deep wrinkle. And so after that, three weeks, you can wear makeup. And usually after facelift, it's two weeks. So it just adds another area of recovery but it's something that I always tell the patient, the laser is probably the least comfortable part of a facelift because a facelift really is not that uncomfortable. But you'll probably like it long term better because it gets rid of a lot of those wrinkles. So let's let's now switch to a rhinoplasty, a very common thing. And I just did a, uh, a podcast on Doctor, will you break my nose, which is a very common thing I hear. Uh, and please uh, l- look at that. I've had a lot of uh, fun comments about that in rhinoplasty. And of course, often we do gently and very meticulously fracture your nose to, to realign it. The other thing is, my splint is crooked, and it fell off, and will this affect my results? Most of the time, that answer is no. You know, we certainly uh, encourage our rep- patients to call me text me i give you my cell and we can facetime and we can replace it uh, if you're in the area, you come in see me and my nurse or i will replace it and with the use of tape and oftentimes it's because the patient probably took a shower or they face planted uh, when they went to sleep or that came off so most of the time it's because if they took a shower and they steamed it off so don't take a shower. Uh, You can take a shower, but don't steam and you can wash your, don't wash your nose or your face uh, with a shower for the first week. Because we will remove your internal and external splints in the office at seven to 10 days. So let us remove that for you. And a splint is important, but if you if it comes off, it's not the end all, do all. We'll replace it. You can put it back on, and we can Facetime. I can show you how to do it on the weekend. If it's not a, it's not an issue, at all, and it, you know, it will not affect your overall result. Because if it's um, you know unless you had an injury which caused it to be splint removed, like I had a patient that had a car accident, and of course. Um, splint came off and i had to see her and luckily uh it didn't involve her nose or her face so that's not an issue so the other thing is when do i need to stop you know toxins or fillers or injectables before my facelifts i tell them i don't think it really matters with neuromodulators uh it's optimal to probably stop it three months before But many of my patients get Botox or a neuromodulator, you know, every three, four months, and that's fine. Fillers, I try and have them stop, you know, three to six months before if possible. Uh, I think that's really um, important because I want to see kind of what their face looks like. And sometimes these fillers last a lot longer than that. So I I will actually see them and palpate them and uh, those are the patients I like to see before I do their facelift especially if they've had a lot of fillers to their face because often I will see that when I get in and I'll have to reposition or remove some of those fillers when I'm doing the deeper layer facelift and then I'll add some fat instead. So, So I think the most important thing is don't overdo your fillers and if you can stop The Botox for three months before, fillers for three to six months, that would be helpful to me, but it's not mandatory to do that. So um, I think that's an important thing. So the other thing that I hear a lot from my nasal patients is, I just had surgery, my nose is really swollen, and my nostrils are uneven. Is that normal? I bet I get this text probably once a week, since I do a lot of rhinoplasties as well, And the answer to that is absolutely it's normal because when I let, I always tell my patients, I'm not God, but when I leave surgery, your nose will be perfectly straight, perfectly symmetrical. Now, if it's swollen one side or the other or a little more uneven, that's totally normal. And that can last for months. Put your mirror away. Please be patient. The swelling can last from weeks to months, and it takes 12 to 15 months or even 18 months uh, to see the final result. And in secondaries, you can double that, up to two to three years. It's amazing. I just saw a patient that's three years after her revision rhinoplasty, which means she's had a previous rhinoplasty, and she finally said to me, I hadn't seen her in a year and a half, she said, you know, Dr. Warwick, all those times that I texted you and called you, I now see what you're saying. I let it heal and let life go on. And I love my result, and she looked amazing. Now, that's the usual course of events, but it takes a a village, but it takes sometimes a lot of patience. And most of the time, that's what is the end result. But sometimes, you know, you'll have abnormal scar and you may need to see me to do uh, steroids or something else. And sometimes you may even need revision surgery. But patience is a virtue. So, um, and then another thing I see again unfortunately not that infrequently is that they've seen me to consider having a rhinoplasty but they couldn't wait six or nine months or they just wanted to go elsewhere for many different for some other reason and then they call me or call my office like two weeks after surgery and say you know I had my rhinoplasty or my revision elsewhere but I just hate it and I don't know what to do I now I want you to do my surgery well you know you really need to wait uh, and again, I think the most important thing is, you know, I can see you in six or nine months because I can't see you at two weeks or two months after your previous surgery because I won't know what's going on. Sure, it's going to be swollen, which is normal. So I'm here to help you. But the key thing is I'm happy for to see you at six or nine months post-op to see what can be done or not done. But the most important thing, especially if you had a previous rhinoplasty, you got to wait about a year. See the final result, and a revision, sometimes you have to wait a lot longer. And if I've seen you before, the good thing will be I'll have uh, I'll have your previous photos, but you gotta wait because you can't just kind of keep operating on the nose. You you really want to try and get it you know right as much as you can the first time if possible. I mean you know no rhinoplasty is ever perfect. And then the other question I get a lot is, can I have a filler? if I've, can I have a rhinoplasty if I've had filler to my nose? And the answer to that is yes, even though a filler takes 12 months or so, you know, to resolve, I usually don't ask for the filler to be removed. But what I do ask is, if you have pre-op photos before you had the filler, that's very helpful to me. In fact, I have a a um, YouTube on this that actually shows a patient that actually brought me photos before her surgery uh, of what her nose looked like. That was very helpful because especially, I like to remove the filler. If it's in the radix, I like to remove that a day or two before if I can and on the tip, but mainly on the radix because that sometimes is harder to remove manually. But the radix, I like to remove you know a few days or a few weeks before surgery at least give me a few days to remove it because it, it really will help me see what your nose really looked like so I think that's important is it essential no but it's, it's, it's important to do that but at least give me a photo of what your nose looked like before it's pretty amazing because remember fillers will make your nose look bigger not more defined but bigger in the tip and bigger in the dorsum and that's not always such a good look okay so, you know, I think all of these questions are very, very important because I get them all the time. I get them on my texts, I get them on my YouTube channel, I get them from my office, and it's kind of no before you go. And and even though all of this is written on my website, it's written in your instructions, um, sometimes people miss them and they don't read. Uh, and that's pretty common, people don't take the time to read the instructions, but I think the most important thing is having access to, you know, a skilled plastic surgeon that can give you the answer. And I think the one thing I like my patients to do is I like them to email or actually like them to text me because I don't want them to go on Google because Doctor Google's not a doctor; he's wrong most of the time. And you want to get you want to get it from the source, so you want to ask me if. If I did your facelift, I did your rhinoplasty, I want to know it. I want to hear it from you because I can give you the exact answer, and I can do a FaceTime or I see you in person. And I think that's very important because that's really going to optimize your care postoperatively but also optimize your result and your comfort zone after having you know one of these complicated procedures like a facelift or a rhinoplasty. So so please give me your comments and, and other questions that you may have for me. I'm going to do this on a more regular basis so I can... Give, give you some example of some of the things that I hear every day. You're not the first one to tell me, my nose is so swollen. My tip is a little bit asymmetric. All those things are normal. And I think those are things that will at least put your mind at ease and help you to understand and be your best self and to be a more informed you, which is really the whole reason I do uh, this uh, podcast, helping you become a more informed you. So, so thank you for your comments and and, uh, and and thoughts. And we'll look forward to seeing you at my next uh, Rorik Nose podcast. Have a great one.